and welcome to this latest episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Lucy Chamberlain. And me, Saul Walker. Now that autumn is making itself known to us, it seems a natural time to reflect on times past and look forward to new ventures ahead. So, with that in mind, we'd like to give a nod to these recent few months by simultaneously embracing what lies in front of us, both practically and at our respective gardens, and by assessing how this exciting industry that we've decided to devote our professional lives to is evolving and thriving. So many of us are showing this sector's true grit by quietly propagating new stock, dreaming up fresh initiatives, looking to new ways of working and generally supporting the trade. And our aim via this podcast is to muse on developments and showcase these horticultural heroes. We'll bring you two short 20-minute episodes each week, plus a longer bonus monthly interview. What more of a reason do you need to join us on this journey? Let's once again step into the busy and exciting world of the modern head gardener. Mr. Walker, hello to you. Hello, how are you? How are you? I, I, you know, I'm really, really well. And um, I've had a lovely day. I've actually been out and about a little bit and it feels very nice. I have taken a trip over to Manning Tree, which is about 20 minutes away from me here by car 25. Seen some friends because they've had birthdays during lockdown and one's had a birthday today. So I've been the gift fairy scattering a uh, veggie box to one friend and the other friend I couldn't because she grows all her own veg anyhow so I had to give her something else <laughs> but you know uh, it was been lo- lovely I've had a slice of chocolate cake so that's oh you're ready to go you're ready to go I then. am I am buzzing like a hummingbird and I am I am good to go so uh yeah that's been my day and I I, I can sense in your face you've got little excited eyes at the moment because I I know I know what the listeners are going to hear in a second because you're you're quite excited about, is it tomorrow? It is tomorrow. So we're recording this at the the weekend, um, Saturday today. And uh, on Sunday, uh, which might be in the past for you, I am off to the first plant fair of the year, which I thought I'd never heard myself say Woo-hoo! in September of all months. <laughs> oh, I know. But yeah, I'm off down never to um, a really uh, wonderful garden just down, just before Penzance in Cornwall. So you can't go much further west. Um and it's uh, the Tremonier Plant Fair tomorrow, which is a a rare plant fair. And along with the Tregraham Plant Fair, which I've mentioned before, I think I mentioned it in our big 50th episode. It's one of those yeah. superb plant fairs for those of us who like exotic and the weird and the wonderful. And those plants that will grow quite happily down here in the West Country, but not really in the rest of the UK due to our balmy temperatures. So... Um, yeah, I am. I'm incredibly excited. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, because you've mentioned the word rare plant fair, which initially, you know, that whets my appetite immediately. My little ears pick up and I'm I'm just jealous. I was so wish I was coming with you because I, I, oh, I've, we're going to talk about it in detail in a, in, a, in a little while, but I've been to some garden centres, but I haven't got a plant fair lined up. So hearing you talk about the excitement which i know i would be feeling if i had something to go to i'm i'm just a green-eyed monster at the moment so so what kind of things are you thinking that you might purchase at tomorrow's fair yeah it's interesting because i've been going to tremonier and Tregraine now for many years and um my garden and i'm sure most people who follow me on twitter can see that it's absolutely stocked full of these beautiful exotic plants so actually buying things is getting more and more tricky because <laughs> i've got lots of things so 
I guess I'm just looking really now for the really rare things um, and uh, and maybe some other plant group that takes my eye. I don't know. I really got into begonias this summer. So uh, I've got about mm. five or six mm. of these really great hardy begonias with all kinds of leaves, all kinds of colours. So I'm guessing I'm going to look for begonias tomorrow. I'm always on the hunt for gingers, new gingers to add to the collection, but... Like I've already got 25, so that's getting harder and harder to find new ones. Um, Colocasia is always a big one. I'm always looking for new elephant's ears. Um, but hopefully something might take my eye. So maybe some woody plants. Maybe I, I, I've got to start really designing my garden a bit better. Um, most people know that I grow in lots of pots, and it's a, it's a collection of plants. But next yeah. year, I'm really yeah. hoping Still looks to great. start. It does look great, but I'm really hoping to get a bit of structure and a bit what I would call a bit of garden design in there so things like trees and shrubs and just starting to plant a bit more permanence rather than it looking yeah. like um i i still live in a in a rented flat if you know if you know what i mean <laughs> it's about time i made the garden look like we're going to be here for um for a bit more permanence but um well do you know what there are also i mean i i i love the lushness of big foliage but i i I do in Essex we get some cold spells and um I do lean more towards hardy stock although you are very readily enticing me into the world of exotics and I'm quite happy to be led that way but there's for example like you say if you pollarded a eucalyptus or I've got a uh, catalpa yep. um and you've got things like Paulonia tomentosa and I've got also cottonus grace which I pollard back hard each year there are some some shrubs that add like you say that that lush jungle look but they're you just know that they're you haven't got to put them in a pot you haven't got to put them in your polytunnel for the winter um i know you've got is it two polytunnels you've got i have two polytunnels they'll be going up in about a month and a half so yeah yeah so i can see why you'd want to put in something that's hardier that as you say you can plant there permanently the rootstock gets bigger and bigger and bigger so whenever if you do pollard it back for the for the the large foliage effect you're going to get a stonking effect after maybe sort of you know three four five years because they'll have a, a that bigger root system that are, that containers sometimes they just can't they can't support it unless you're prepared to have massive massive big tubs of plants and even then they don't seem to be quite so vigorous as plants in the open ground because they do have that you know that continual moisture the the roots they have a, a better connection with the soil and the earth and, and there's something about all the fungi and bacteria in, in just good garden soil that gets things going really, really strongly, I think. Yeah, and because I grow mostly a lot of herbaceous stuff, that can be actually looking quite good after a year or two years growing. Shrubs mm. and trees take a lot longer to establish and get into that specimen look. So it's really worth getting trees and shrubs in quite quickly if you know you're going to be in a garden permanently to get the maturity yeah. going because every year you wait is one year less that they're going to grow into the maturity and you'll just be waiting and waiting. So I'm hopefully, yeah, I'm starting to think about getting a lot of more woody stuff into into the garden and chopping back things like bamboos and things that I don't really need. But I'm very, I, I am very excited to go to this plant fair, and, and, and mostly because I just haven't been out 
to see any nurseries yeah. or uh, shows. We didn't get to BBC Gardeners World Live earlier in the year. So no, that kid in a sweetie shop feeling I haven't had <laughs> this year. I really want to just, I, I, I'm actually very excited that I may not even sleep very well tonight. I have that feeling. It's <laughs> I can be- see it in your eyes. There's a, there's just this, is it adrenaline? Would it be adrenaline? I can't see what it is, but you're just, bu- you look very like, very buzzy and excited and like a little boy going into sweet shop, as you as you've referenced. So 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 come on then. Now give I think you should give a shout out to some of your favourite nurseries that you know are going to be there because then you know they they will be grateful. But also I think it, maybe maybe I might text them and just say you know just stock up on some more stuff, would you? Because Saul's coming. He's got money in his pocket. He's I on his a, way. <laughs> I think a lot of them know I'm already uh, already on my way. <laughs> so th- there's a few of them um, there. One of my my. Uh, big favourites I've mentioned on the podcast a lot is Penbirth Plants, Jeff and Claire's Nursery, which is one of the most mm. westerly nurseries, and they specialise in all the proteaceae and those South African succulents and a lot of other really nice things. They're mostly at all the Cornish um, plant fairs, so hopefully they might have something uh, interesting. I must say I've probably bought them out of most of their proteaceae stock, so this is the thing. It gets... What's exciting is that although they may have about 90% of their stock there I've already bought from them, they're constantly bringing in new things every year. Yeah. And just well, when I yeah, when I get that new plant, oh, I tell you what, that's really exciting. Um, mm. There's yeah. also uh, Tresseter's Nursery. Anyone who's been down to Cornwall should really get to Tresseter's. It's just above St. Austell. Fantastic family-run nursery. I think it's been in their family for a long time. And again, they grow a lot of the more uh, exotic, hardy-end um, things. I'm hoping to get some begonias and, and different bits from them. They grow some nice gingers as well. Um, Kelnan plants are going to be there. They specialise in restios. Um, if anyone likes, they're sort of those very um, prehistoric-looking... Well, yeah. they're like a mixture of bamboo and grass if you fuse them together they're really amazing plants and if you grow mature specimens they look really really cool in an exotic because they just look like nothing else um so they're really nice um there's also there's a new nursery for the first time going to be at the fair from ireland of all places called kells bay and that's what really gets me excited when i see a list and there's a new nursery because a lot of the plant fairs can have the same people going to them every year so you're hoping for new plants coming through from the same nursery which doesn't often happen some people have the same stock but a new nursery generally means that there's a lot of new plants and coming from ireland that would be really interesting um, to see what they bring so i'm excited about that are there seed companies going to be there as well no 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 seed companies specifically i'm afraid it's a bit i i do you know i don't see many seed companies at the plant fairs well i was going to mention jungle seeds you see because I they, I was looking at their website today and there's something I want to, to purchase. And I thought, well, if you're there, you know, maybe you could pick something up for me because that would have been, that would be lovely. But if they're not there, it doesn't matter. I can, I can get in touch with them direct. That's no worries. I, I, th- I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if people buy generally seeds from plant fairs. I think they're looking for plants in some ways but i suppose the clues in the the name isn't it really yeah 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 so anyway (laughs) very exciting um and i thought we'd just give a few tips and hints to people who haven't gone to a plant fair or or what to what to expect when you go to a plant fair and i think there are 
there's two ways of approaching a plant fair. One is how you should approach a plant fair, and the other one is how we all just <laughs> descend into madness yeah. with a plant fair. So number one, um, you should really sort of plan exactly what you want to buy. Look at your garden. Oh no! See what so plants you want. Boring. <laughs> no, you were going to say that. You'll go down route two. <laughs> But I, I, no, I have got much better at this in that I do know what I'm looking for. I already researched the nurseries going. Oh, right. Luckily, I do know most of the nurseries there. It's very sensible. But, um, very sensible advice, is, everybody. Follow Saul's advice. That, Ignore me. That is the sensible and boring way. But um, there is route two. Can I explain route two? <laughs> I was going to say, you're probably more down the route two uh, realm, have aren't some, you? Have some cash in your pocket. Go there, run in the into the courtyard or the, on the lawn, screaming with excitement, waving your hands in the air, and just just go with your gut and just look and drool over stuff and and do a very quick shimmy round. This is I, now I am re, I am reliving in my mind what I did at the Great Digs Affair in October of last. I think it was last year. It might have been the year before. I think it was last year. Um, I went with my friend, and it was in October. And again, you know, there's lots of lovely tropical stuff. I hadn't got a greenhouse mm. then and I was just bursting, bursting to buy some tender stuff, but I I couldn't. So, so you know, fair enough. I did exert some self-control in that regard. I didn't get tender things. I got things that could only go into the ground. But then from that point on, uh, self-control went out the window. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, well, you know, how often do you... I, it's very far away from me, Great Dixto. It's a good... It's a good um, what was it? Three hour, three and a half hour car journey. So I had that excuse in my back of my mind to go a little bit nuts. Uh, and I, I did. So, so you know, that's one option. Well, route two is probably the most favoured option. And I've got to say, you know, I'm also guilty. What's the expression? Your eyes are wider than what's it, than your stomach? That's not right, is well, it? I'm I don't sure know. that's the expression. There's, I know what but you anyway, mean. You, I know what you mean. Yeah, you get to these plant fairs and you just see things and you think, oh, look at that over there. Look at, oh, look at that over there. And, yeah. you, ju- and you do start buying stuff. But it is worth, you know, I, I've taken out some money and... Um, it's it's worth taking a set amount of cash, I'd say, because yes, you I... can go a little bit nuts mm-hmm. sometimes and then think, oh, I've spent quite a lot of money. Yeah, no, I, you know, I completely concur with that. And I don't know how people feel about cash. I'm, I'm guessing it's all fine. But as you say, if, if not, just have a budget in your mind of what you want to spend, because otherwise the floodgates will open and you will fill the boot of your car and and some. And then you have that awkward scenario of trying to spew it into the garden without your other half noticing and um, and trying to put it somewhere. I, what we're basically trying to get to is the point where you you... And we've all done this, and that's why we learn from our mistakes, is you buy a plant in a pot from a fair, and most fairs are in the summer, obviously talking about now about autumn fairs, and they sit in the pot because you haven't got anywhere appropriate to put them. And then they they suffer, you know, because religiously you say, I will water those, I will really look after those. There comes a day when you won't, you'll forget, and they scorch off or they get congested in their root, in, the, in their pot. And it's just... Dis- that's massively disheartening. So I do. I am, you know, I'm, I'm teasing a little bit, but I, I do think that that is a very sensible approach to, to bear in mind your garden and what it can support, and make your purchases based on that. That's that is your foundation because. Like I say, we've we've done the other, and it doesn't work very and, well. And this is where the actual nurserymen or women come in, because you should really talk to them about the plants you're purchasing. I, I've seen so many people just go around buying plants because they look nice, 
and they think those mm. are going to look nice. Yeah. And then, like you say, when they get them home, they're completely inappropriate for the garden. They'll grow too big. Soil conditions aren't right. Mm. Uh, they're really tender and the person hasn't got protection for them over the winter. So if you're thinking about buying something, talk to the nursery person because they will have grown the plant. That You know, everything that people sell, generally they've grown themselves if they're a really good nursery and they will know the conditions mm. and the size and give you an, an idea because most of the plants you're going to buy at plant fairs are in their small, very small size. You know, that they're usually yes. either cuttings that have been just taken the previous year or they've just been grown from seed. Um, especially things like bananas and gingers and, and brugmansias. You're going to buy them at a foot high maybe and within two years they Mm. could be bursting through i don't know your your conservatory or or a greenhouse if you're growing them in indoors so it's really worth talking um to whoever's on the stall to find out more about the plant um it's it's also just worth bearing in mind that although we all go down route two and just buy lots of things um it might be worth buying fewer things and concentrating on their growing when you take them home on getting them planted and getting them sorted rather than buying half a stall's worth of stuff, getting home and then find you don't have enough time. And it always happens. You stick them somewhere and they'll sit there for most of this, especially if you're buying early in the season. And then by the end of the year, you're like, oh, I haven't done anything with them and they're growing out their pots or you haven't got room for them or half of them have died. And you don't want to waste money at the end of the day. So it's really worth maybe thinking about buying a bit less, but being a bit more focused on what you what you are going to buy. Well, do you know what? I'm going to put in my boring, sensible um, point here. And, and I've, again, learned to do this over the years rather than going with my heart, go with my head. And as you say, buy fewer items, but, but buying more of fewer items so for example buy three of something yeah. don't just buy the one because i mean we i know we were speaking to adam frost in one of our bonus episodes and he reminded me that, that it's such a good practice to observe that you you need to less is more in that sense you you know you, you're looking at this plant you're drooling all over it you think it's fantastic but when you take it home on its own it's not going to have the impact it's like when you go to a shop for example i love emma bridgewater stuff and you go to the gift shops you see it all there loads of the stuff all together it looks amazing and of course then you buy one piece you take it home you pop it on your dresser and it's lost Mm. in everything else and so you know that that is something to bear in mind and you're spending more money but you will then have more instant as it were instant impact or alternatively and this is where the practical girl in me comes out i am quite astute when it comes to looking at plants for their propagation value yes you know if if you can so in autumn you can still get away with taking semi-ripe cuttings of quite a lot of stock. Or if you want, if you're buying herbaceous plants that maybe have been sitting in their pot for a little while, they actually will really benefit from being split and divided. And in the autumn and going into early winter, they'll make lots of root growth, they'll bulk up. And then by the spring, they'll actually be slightly bigger plants. And then by the, you know, through that next year, they will they will be good sized plants they will be the kind of thing that you would then be buying from the garden center that summer or autumn so so do have a look at especially like you say herbaceous perennials that can be split um things that you can take sort of maybe semi-ripe cuttings of or i mean i, I love um at the moment i've got a big soft spot now i've got my greenhouse for tender salvias i absolutely adore them and autumn is the perfect time to be taking cuttings of, of those and bulking them up in the greenhouse for, for late. and they look lovely on mass they really do look 
spectacular en masse so you know you want at least maybe six plants of those if you if you can but buy one propagate it you, you're spending say a fiver and you're getting an awful lot more for your, for your money if you if you've got the patience which you know gardeners we 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 do have patience really that's that's one of an, an essential essential thing to have should do these september plant fairs are ideal for what you're saying this propagation because yeah. you're not really buying it this time of year for this year anymore because winter's just around the mm. corner and i always look because lots of plant stalls will have the the plants but they'll have about six or seven of the one plant if you're just going to buy one mm. take a look through them all and see which one's bigger or which one you could split up now because you could be yeah. getting two for one plants especially things like begonias and the gingers uh, if you you can sometimes get ones that have two or three shoots and they're easily mm. splitted and then you have three plants for the next year so it's really well worth taking your time to look over the plants and see if you can get away with not having to spend too much money but then getting triple the result um the the other thing i'll say is look over someone's stock and see if it's healthy um most of the plant fairs i attend are with very good nurseries but there are lots and lots of different plant markets shows all across the uk and some nurseries are better than others i will say so it's it's really worth looking over the whole stock of someone's table to see if it all looks good because you don't the last thing you want to do is buy a plant that looks good up top but there's nothing going on underneath i.e the roots have been nibbled away mm. by vine weevil or there's something wrong uh, there's there's also a little trick that some nurseries will do in that they will pot up a plant into a bigger pot um just yeah. just a week before or the day before a fair the, the night before in a panic exactly yeah. <laughs> and then they'll stick up the yeah. price slightly by saying it's either a one liter or a three liter pot when actually the plant was originally in a mm. nine centimeter so it's sometimes worth if you can maybe just investigate in the pot give it a bit of a squeeze see if it's a firm root ball if you if you can and the nurseryman's happy just maybe knock it out of the pot have a look at the roots all the kinds of things that you might do if you go down the garden centre and you're looking for really good stock. You can do it at a plant fair. Um, and the other thing I'll say is that usually at a plant fair, the nursery can't bring all the stuff from their nursery. Uh, it's only limited, mm. you know, they usually got one or two tables uh, and a van. So they can only bring maybe their, their nicest stuff, but they've got a, most of them have got a whole nursery's worth of plants. So it's worth, if you find a, a nursery which you like the plants from, take the details and then go back yep. to them. Yep, phone exactly. them, look at their websites, and then you can go and get more plants for them and hopefully become uh, you know, a really good customer. And I go back to Jeff and Claire at Penberth. We're really good friends. Um, they approach me when they've got new species of protea um, before they will put them out onto the nursery or take them to the plant fairs. So in some ways, I'm first in line to get really good species that others might not get and that's because i've built up a relationship with that nursery i know they're fair i know what i want so it's really worth if you do find um a nursery you like at a plant fair take their details and you know build that relationship go and see their nurseries go and see the gardens that are attached to their nurseries um it can really open up a really wonderful world of buying plants of money spending <laughs> no i was gonna i was gonna say the same thing i think even if you just get the list of exhibitors there 
that in itself, then you've got their names and you can go to the websites and obviously look online. Uh, because these these plant fairs, as I said, I'm, I'm so envious because they are a melting pot of the best nurseries in you know in your your region in in the country and um you know they 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 everyone you know they do need our support at the moment as well and um it's often you think oh i'm sure i remember them when i get home and then a month passes or it might be the the spring you think oh god there was a really fantastic grass nursery that you know that fair I knew I'd remember the name at the time. It's gone. And as I say, if you've just got the, the catalogue of the nurseries exhibiting there and you can maybe annotate that when you're walking around, that's, that was, will, will put you in good stead for, having, as you say, having these amazing contacts at your fingers forever. Yeah, so I think there's a few plant fairs going on, I know, around the country as, as we warm up to, to being a bit more socially uh, less distant, I guess. Is that the expression? I'm not sure it is, but yeah. yeah. But I, I know there's plant fairs, there's a few flower shows going on and, you know, September can be a great time to go and buy plants. So go out, enjoy yourself, support the, the nurseries and uh, just get uh, get into the vibe a little bit. We've reached the end of today's episode and we sincerely hope that you found it informative and entertaining. If you'd like to leave us a review via your podcast provider, we'd be delighted to know your thoughts. While many aspects of the garden year are behind us, there are still plenty of horticultural milestones to mark. So Saul and myself are eager to bring you yet more valuable episodes of the Talking Heads podcast. We're also keen to visit those iconic gardens, large and small, of our peers and friends. With this in mind, you can look forward to an autumn packed full of interviews, road trips, practical advice, and of course, mine and Lucy's opinions on all manner of wide-ranging horticultural topics. We want to ensure that our listeners are kept up to date with what any self-respecting head gardener needs to know. So, until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye!